You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. I'm going to give you um, kind of a very quick overview from a different angle because even though those of you that have been here, I want to share some of those that information with those that haven't, but you cannot hear this stuff enough. I teach this all the time, I study it all the time, and every time I say it from a different angle, and every time I learn something new as well. So the stuff that that I teach on freedom in the mind and renewing the mind and bringing all thoughts into captivity is essential for living. But I'm going to focus tonight around thought life and about the reality of thought life and the science behind thought life, but I'm also going to angle it from an um, angle that I call the dirty dozen. So we're going to talk a little bit about the dirty dozen tonight in, in light of the other things I've been teaching. So first of all, I'm a cognitive neuroscientist and communication pathologist, which in simple English means I'm a brain researcher. And what I do is go around the world. We reach millions now through TV and through seminars and through the things we do, teaching people how to understand the link between the brain and the Bible because science as I've said all weekend is simply catching up with the word of God I mean that is just so amazing it really is you can clap because I really think it's worth clapping for that amen I spend, in a very nerdy way, I spend most of my days, my reading is not uh, magazines and books and things. I love to read brain research. I sit there with my iPhone on the airplanes, and I'm everywhere I can, I'm reading brain research because every time I read it, I am astounded at how God's glory is being reflected in what they're finding in science. And science is just such an incredible way of drawing people to the kingdom of God. And when you're equipped with the science facts, you just see scripture in a different light. Have you discovered that those of you that have been here this weekend, are you finding that? That it makes it easier and more tangible. It's a really tangible way of getting in touch with God and getting passionate about who you are as a person. I think some of the most exciting um, concepts in science really touch our heart, but probably the one that is, is, they're all so profound. But what I love to always start with and launch with is the fact that thoughts, those things that you think, they are real. They are so real, they're as real as what we are here tonight. They occupy mental real estate, like this church occupies physical real estate. Your thoughts, which are the same as your memories, are real things, which means that no thought is harmless. Every single thought that you think is a real thing that is doing something inside of your body. And that thing that it's doing inside of your body is either something good or something bad. And that's a choice that you make. So up on the stage, for those of you that are seeing it for the first time, I've got some props just to help us to understand. So now, ladies and gentlemen that were here, what's this one? A good thought. What's this one? Okay. And then what's this one? Amen. You see, you're good students. You're neuroscientists. What else are you? You are? Gee whiz. Your neuroplasticians, those of you that haven't heard that, you can turn to each other and say, good evening, doctor of neuroplastics. You have an honorary degree conferred on you by almighty God in neuroplastics. Neuro means brain and plastic means to change. You are able to regrow your brain at will. Is that not amazing? Change and regrow and fix your, mind, your, your brain at will. Your mind is what your brain does, and your brain is constantly changing on a moment-by-moment -moment basis based on your thinking. As you think, you change the structure of your brain. 
So when God says bring all thoughts into captivity to Christ Jesus, he seriously meant that because he, he knows that we will make some bad choices and some good choices and we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth so that we make good choices and good decisions. Now, no thought is harmless, which means that every single thought that inside your head is going to produce something. And the things that your thoughts produce are your words and your actions, which means that no word you speak or action you perform, in other words, whatever you do, is not just something that happens randomly in a vacuum. It is something that comes from the thoughts deep down inside of your head. And you are able to change those thoughts at will. So God gave you and blessed you with something so incredibly profound, and that is this incredible ability to think and to choose. You are able to think and to choose. You have free will, something that is debated in science, but something that you have been given by God, the ability to think and choose. Those of you that have been here all weekend have heard me say these two statements. The first one is you're a thinking being. You think all day long. You are always thinking, whether you like it or not. And you think at night as well. When you think at night, you are dreaming. We're going to hear a little bit about dreams tonight, because those form one of the dirty dozen, which shouldn't be dirty, they should be the clean dozen. So I'm just tempting your appetite so that you can see what is she going to talk about. So now you are able to choose. I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. What does that mean? You're a thinking being, you think all day long. As you think, your, your brain is designed to process that information. Thinking is you processing information from the outside world through your five senses into the inside world of your mind. So we're going to see a slide up on the screen of the inside of your head. It's going to come up in a moment, and you'll see inside your head. But in the meantime, I'll use my hands. So your five senses are the contact between the external world and the internal world of your mind. And that is the access that Satan has to you through your five senses. He only has as much access to you as you give him. He cannot get in your head without your help. Now, that's quite a thing to realize because we're in a world where we become very passive. We were having a talk about this today. Watchman Nee's one of our favorite books we discovered between your pastors and Mac and myself, and he talks and teaches on the passive mind. I also teach on the passive mind because the passive mind is a very dangerous thing to have. When your mind is passive, things just go in and you just ruminate like a cow ruminates on grass. And when you ruminate on it long enough, it goes into your brain and becomes a part of you. So it turns into biology. So in other words, the stuff outside can become stuff inside if you're not careful. If it's good stuff, you want what's out to go in. If it's bad, you definitely don't. Because when it goes in your head, it forms a perversion inside of your head. So you are, as a human being, wired for love. Wired for love. That is a term in science that we use, wired for love. You have what we call an optimism bias, which means that you are designed to see the good in things. You are designed to think well and produce quality thoughts. That is your design. And when you do that, you will actually physically grow thoughts inside of your head. Now, those thoughts look like trees, and that's why we have these props on the stage. You as a thinking being are thinking, choosing, and building these thoughts all day long, constantly. And you're redesigning and pruning and adding to, and all the time as you are thinking, you are, this thinking becomes these trees inside of your brain. 
When we say wired for love, it means this is your natural design. And when we say that, when, we, when I talk about perversion or doing something that you, if you're wired for love, then the, the opposite of that would be fear. And that means that you're going to produce these things. So you're going to wire in the negativity when you make bad decisions. So you can choose, and the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And you can choose whether you want to align yourself with your natural ability to produce good thinking in your head, which puts your whole brain function and body, because you are spirit, soul, and body, into alignment with God's word, and you'll get in the right direction. Or you can choose the wrong things like unforgiveness, negativity, anxiety, worry, discouragement, despair, irritation, frustration, and all the rest of it, which are perversions, and that will become this kind of stuff inside your head. And this is a physical reality. We can actually see um, a negative thought inside the brain. We'll show you what a that, Okay, up on the screen very quickly. That's a picture for those of you that haven't seen it. Let's go back to the Golgi stain. That's a picture of inside the brain. The, it's just a few of the nerve networks have been stained. And if you have a look there, it looks a bit like trees. It looks like these things on the stage. And what you are looking at on the screen are your thoughts, the thoughts that you build through your thinking. When you think, you build those things. So everything about you, your past, your present, and your dreams of your future are stored inside of your brain in those things. And they're stored in your non-conscious mind, which has trillions and trillions and trillions um, of space networks. So in other words, you have three million years you have so much space in your head that you could keep building memories for three million years plus and still have space. So you are, you are designed to absorb knowledge, build knowledge, and become these brilliant minds just filled with incredible information and good information. But God gave us free will because he wants us to choose him. And it does also mean, however, that we can make bad choices, which we know. And that is why, because you may be thinking, well, if we design and wired for love, why then do we have depression and, and negativity and all the bad things that we see happening in the world? Well, those bad things are things that we have to take responsibility for. Because the bad things that are happening out there are not from God. They are from the choices that we make. And when we make the wrong choices, there are consequences. And what I encourage and exhort Christians to do is to stand up and take responsibility. As Hosea 4 verse 6 says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Now you are totally and utterly able to make the right decision. And as you make the right decisions, you, you grow life and health into your brain and your body. These improve the state of your immune system. These improve the state of your heart, your cardiovascular system. These improve the state of everything about you. Increase your longevity. Prevent the dementias. This is life and healing. And even more powerful is when you make the decision to accept Jesus Christ into, you, into your life, you implant the word of God. As it says in James 1.21, the implanted word will save your soul. Every time you pray and meditate and study a scripture, you are wiring in God into your brain. He's already there when you've accepted him, but you're wiring. We've got to actively take the word of God and implant that into our minds. And this is power and alive and living and sharper than a two-edged sword. And these things are so powerful. We learned this weekend, you're getting a really fast synopsis, and it is in my materials, but you're getting a fast synopsis of this concept so that you can understand that this is the norm, this is you, this is what you build in through your choices through accepting Jesus Christ, which is the most important thing in the world, and you use that to get rid of that, okay? And that is renewing the mind. So being a neuroplastician and applying neuroplasticity means you are, is the scientific term for renewing your mind. See, how easy is that? 
So God gives us science to understand these complex things. So when you have a, a sermon being preached on renewing the mind and bringing thoughts into captivity, I now want you to think of these trees and think that God is incredible. With everything he tells you to do, he equips you to be able to do it. And that's what science tells us. That's what brain science tells us. Whatever you are required to do, you are equipped to do it. So when he says think on these things in Philippians 4.8, and when he says don't worry and don't have fear, and when he says get wisdom in Proverbs, and when he says do this and do this, and if you do this, then this will happen, and if you do that, then that will happen, there is a reason behind it, and you are equipped to do the right thing. You are totally and utterly brilliant, wonderful, and equipped to do the right thing. So why do we go wrong? Over the years in my clinical practice, I've worked with people with all kinds of brain issues from learning problems, emotional problems, you name it. And now I teach and preach around the world and put my things into books and things like that. But in my experience and in seminars and emails that I receive and questions that I get at seminars and conferences and preaching, there is an incredible, incredible, strong, unfortunately, belief in the dirty dozen. Okay, so what are the dirty dozen? In working with my patients, very often and over the years, people would say to me, okay, I get this concept of thoughts are real. I get this concept of the implanted word. I'm going to make that decision. I'm going to do that to overcome that. But I can't get going. That's one of the first things people say to me. It's so hard. I just, I can't. So the very first thing that we have to recognize is that I can't is a decision. It is a toxic thought. I can't is a toxic thought, and toxic thinking is the first of the dirty dozen. Okay, the first of the dirty dozen. You see, the dirty dozen are like, a tr are like trees. If you have a look at the slide up on the screen, okay, you can go back to the Golgi stain. Sorry. Okay, let's go back to the Golgi stain. Okay, there's trees up on the screen. Now, the dirty dozen, I want you to think of a tree, a tree, and a tree has got roots, like this tree over here has got roots. Those trees over there have got roots. Now, the roots can be watered in the soil of love and produce health, or they can be watered in the, fear, in the soil of fear and produce stress and negativity and illness in your life. For those of you that haven't heard, um, 80, 75 to 98% of current mental and physical illnesses, which includes all the depressions and the OCD and the bipolars and the cancers and the strokes and the diabetes and the, all these cancers and all these terrible things, are the result of our thought life. Only two to around 15 to 20% of those things are purely genetic and environmentally induced by maybe being exposed to lead paint or something like that. That's huge. That means that the huge majority of mental and physical and behavioral illnesses that we see in the world today come from these things. And these things are real things that have, are watered in the, in the soil of, that are growing, and watered with fear in the soil of fear, growing roots of fear, producing stress and producing sickness and illness in our life. This is not the norm, this is the perversion. 
And this is not what we need to accept into our lives. We can overcome this. Research has shown that your mind is more powerful than anything. For example, they have shown time and time again, and you can find these studies all over the place, and there are lots of references in my books and on my webpage and, and in blogs that I put up, but there's tons of research out there showing that even medication is ineffective. Let's say that you're taking medication for diabetes type 1, and it, it, that will be not very effective if your mind is not right. If you have a sore back and you're on back medication or something for your back, you may think, what's that got to do with the brain? Well, first of all, your spinal cord is in your back, and that comes from your brain, and that's how your brain reaches the rest of your body. But your back will not even get better if you don't have, the medic if you don't have your mind right. Medication becomes literally ineffective if our mind is wrong. So if we are negative and whiny and in a bad attitude state, it impacts. When we have those kind of toxic thoughts, we are not going to get the benefit in any case from the chronic and acute medication. In terms of antidepressant type things, antidepressants, we're not told the truth about those things. I briefly mentioned it this morning, but that when they test these things, most of the effect of an antidepressant is placebo, and the little tiny percentage, which is around 15 to 30 percent, that does maybe help, and I say maybe, because now 20 years later they're questioning the maybe big time because of all the side effects, of that maybe 15 to 30 percent, only a very small portion is actually attributed to the medication. The rest is attributed to the placebo effect, the mind effect. Okay, I'm taking medication for my mind, therefore it's going to help me. But there are so many side effects that make you, that bring other illness into your life and other issues in your life. And in fact, one of the side effects of antidepressants is depression. You know, I mean, you just have to watch those ridiculous ads on TV. They make me laugh every time because they go on about this is going to help you. And then they very quickly in that speedy language, even faster than what I speak, tell you about all the things that are going to kill you and you're going to die. And they have someone smiling. I mean, it's really, and people believe it. You know, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. When you look at those things, you can see how Satan is manipulating us. And we put faith in those kind of substances, which is the wrong thing. God died on the cross and he healed us, ED, past tense. When you have had a toxic word, a toxic seed, which is another one of the dirty dozen. When you've had a toxic seed thrown into your life or sown into your life, for example, someone gives you a diagnosis, a doctor gives you a diagnosis. Now, I'm not knocking the doctor and I'm not knocking the fact that that doctor's diagnosed you with something that's in your life. You cannot say my arthritis, my cancer, my cardiovascular disease, my diabetes type 2 or whatever it may be, because then you are taking something that is the perversion and you are accepting that into your soul and, in, and it's going to impact on your spirit. You are renaming yourself in terms of that illness. Meanwhile, Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day, shed his blood for you, was wounded for your transgressions, was healed for your iniquities, a bruise for your iniquities, whichever way around. I've said it, you've got the picture, you know the scripture. He did that for us. Therefore, you are healed, waiting for the symptoms to manifest. So you never say, my anything. You say, that thing that is on me is a manifestation of something. Now here you may, you don't go into condemnation. That's the devil. Conviction is the Holy Spirit. Condemnation is the devil. If you're sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, my illness is my fault. Well, probably it is. So it doesn't matter. Grow up and accept it. Take responsibility because you are not sinless. 
And if you are, as I said yesterday, come to the front and let me cast this lying spirit out of you. If anyone here says that they're sinless, we all sin. We all make bad choices. And ladies and gentlemen, even if it is to be just a little irritated, that is still opening the door to the devil. And the minute you have those in your body, you are vulnerable. You are vulnerable to the disease of the, of the things that are in the environment. You, you open doorways. Can you show the strawberries for me? I'm going to show you a little image here. Oh, is it on the other slideshow? Is it not on here? Oh, okay. All right. We may have to go down and change it so that I can show. Well, I'll describe it. Don't worry about it. I'll describe it. Okay. I want you to, I want you to understand vulnerability. This church has got beautiful windows. The windows are now closed, so we can control what comes in. Do you agree? We can also close the doors and open the doors and control what comes in and what goes out. But I could go and smash down all the windows, rip the doors off the hinges, and downstairs as well, do I have any control now of what, what or who comes in or out? No. Every time you sin, every time you make a bad choice, it, it, sin is thinking, reacting to the world's events and circumstances, stuff out there through your five senses, the events and circumstances of your life happen to you. People say things, things happen, stuff comes in your brain. You process that, you think about that, and you, that's the reacting, and then you build a thought. Every time you choose, I lay before you life and death, choose life so that you and your descendants may live. He also says, I lay before you blessing, life and death, blessing and cursing. What did I say? Life and death, blessing, whichever... What's going on? I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Okay, I've got so many things coming out of my head here that I want to share with you. Okay, so every time that you choose the death stuff, every time you choose even the little thing is still part of the death stuff, it becomes this thing in your head. When this happens in your head, it's the perversion. Your body reacts by going into protect mode. But in the process of protect mode, if you didn't protect, you drop down dead. Because what happens is that God knew you'd make bad choices, so he builds in the immune system and protective systems into your body to fight this thing because this is an invasion. It's an invasion, and this invasion upsets the balance of chemicals and electromagnetic effects and the whole, all the neurophysiological cycles in your body. And when those go chaotic, you, it's, it's very similar to ripping the doors and windows off the church building, which means anything can get inside. And you are, your, your DNA of your cells become vulnerable. And when things that are floating in the air, and there are things floating in the air, we inhale pesticides, we eat bad food, we receive bad thoughts, we have toxic seeds sown in our life, you this, you that, you the next thing, we build and we have these toxic thoughts that we activated and all this kind of stuff, it goes into our brain as chemicals, as electricity and it flows through. And if the doors are open, if the windows are smashed, things can get inside of your cells. And when things get inside of your cells, your heart of your cell, the DNA, becomes very vulnerable. And it's the DNA that contains the genes. And it's the genes that express and make proteins. And it's those proteins that make the thoughts as well as the chemicals and everything else that you need for life. And when those are attacked by being vulnerable, mutations happen and things go wrong and cells commit suicide. It's actually a, a scientific term, cell suicide. So things go crazy. So when we have the dirty dozen in operation in our life, and I've mentioned a couple already, toxic thoughts, toxic seeds, and I'm going to go through a few more. As we make these, these negative things, that we can, as we make these negative choices, we create vulnerable states. We put our cells of our body into vulnerable 
vulnerable states. So therefore, the decisions that you make, ladies and gentlemen, the thoughts that you think make you vulnerable on a cellular level. That's a little eye-opening, isn't it? And when you are vulnerable on that level, whatever's out there can flow through your body. For example, the Rio virus, which causes colds and flu. That's floating everywhere all the time. And that stuff can't get in your cells if the doors are closed. But if the doors are open and the windows are smashed, it can go in and you get sick. There are tumors floating through your body at any one time. There are pesticides. Every time you spray perfume that's not organic, you have put more poison in your body. Now, if the doors of the cells are closed, you should be okay. Your body's strong enough to get rid of a lot of it. But if your mind is negative, then you're, you've created a vulnerability in your cells that increases your, is translated by your body as stress stage two and three, which is the negative side of stress. And then chemicals start flowing through your body that were good and are good, but flowing in the wrong quantity. And those chemicals go and melt the doors off your cells. Does that make sense? And when those doors are melted off your cells by your toxic thinking, then whatever else is floating around can go in your cells. So you create vulnerability. And this is why God says, do not worry. Do not be anxious. Do you know every time that you worry, you are ripping doors off yourself. You are making yourself vulnerable to things. My people perish for lack of knowledge. When Jesus tells us to, to do certain things, there is a reason for it. He wants you healed, spirit, soul, and body. He doesn't want you sick and broken. He doesn't want your mind attacked because every time you have these things, inflammation happens inside the brain. And that will manifest. Um, an inflamed brain structurally looks different. Someone who has constantly chosen to be toxic, for example, like a murderer or something like that, they, who's, cho who's, who's hardened their hearts, who has made, the, they've grown these toxic trees. Whatever you think about the most will grow. If this is what you think about the most, it will grow. And if this is what you're feeding, this is what you grow. So if you have a look up on the screen, this is a close-up of inside the brain, and you'll see that black cloud. Let's show the healthy one first. The healthy thought over there, that healthy thought, um, is, it's a light color. So those are thoughts. You're looking at your memories. Look at the next one. When it's negative, a negative choice, it changes. It becomes toxic. It creates this black cloud effect. It's inflamed. Your brain looks different. So it starts off perfect because you're wired for love. But by bad choices, you change structure. We can see this on brain scans. And you can see the changes. Where when people make choices, it changes your brain, which changes your behavior. And we do things. We harden our hearts. Those black things up there, which are the, the black cloud effects around these inflamed perversions, which are sin and toxic, which is total access for the enemy. He's lying there in his hammock with his head, the hand bow on his head thinking, yeah, I got you. Because those things completely cause distortion and perversion inside of your head. Those things are making you vulnerable. Vulnerable, and that is why God tells us to get rid of them and renew your mind. Because when the black clouds go away and, and the toxic trees go away and become healthy, let's have a look at the healthy one, when that, you've renewed your mind. Go from the dark to the light, just flick between the two. Renew your mind. See, go back. Bad choice, renew your mind. That's what you've got to do. I want to show you a slide that we haven't managed to get working all weekend, and we finally got it working, of actual activity inside of your brain. When you make a good decision and you designed and wired and gifted to make good decisions. 
Okay, you are wired and designed to think quality thoughts. Here you are thinking quality thoughts. And when you use your ability to stand outside of yourself and observe your mind, which you can do, you can stand back and make a good decision and you can observe these toxic thoughts. And you can say, well, based on the word of God, I've got to forgive and, my, and I'm going to apply forgiveness and I'm going to believe in forgiveness and I'm going to um, believe that my God shall meet all my needs or make things, turn things around or whatever the scripture may be that you've implanted. And you're going to make the good decision to take this and to wipe that out. And when you do that, electromagnetic effects flow there, chemicals flow, and you know what? This thing melts down. It goes away. It disappears, and it takes 21 days. Science tells us it takes 21 days from the time that you decide, I don't want that in my head anymore. Various things happen at day one, day seven, day 14, and day 21. It's three, there's it's very special things that happen every seven days, and seven is the perfect number. And as you go through the 7, 14, 21-day cycle, you're basically using this good thinking, you wipe out that toxic thought. You are able to do that. Perfect love casts out fear. And so you are wired and designed to be able to do that. You can get out the toxic thought. You can get out the toxic seed. Because the dirty dozen are basically 12 categories of roots that produce these toxic thoughts. And what we need, and, and some of them, as, as I've mentioned, is toxic thoughts that you actually internally grow. It's mindsets that you develop of, I'm this, or I don't believe that, or I hate that, or whatever. Negative mindsets. Sometimes it's reactions to um, abuse or to negative, whatever. Each and every one of us, is, there's no one formula for anyone. All of us have got these choices we make, and those choices become realities in our head. So we build these toxic thoughts inside Every toxic thought is emotions because every single thought that you build also contains emotions. That's just how they're wired. The molecules that are required to make, the chemicals that are required to make these thoughts are called the molecules of emotion. We learned about that this weekend. And those molecules of emotion are intertwined in every thought tree. So therefore, as you are thinking and learning and building, you are also wiring an emotion. So every thought in your head, and you have trillions and trillions of thoughts in your non conscious mind are filled with emotion and as you and those emotions are those th thought trees with those emotions can be healthy or can be toxic so you can have this so in terms of the dirty, dirty dozen toxic thoughts are what you are constantly building but if you are living from one of these and growing one of these things you are going to have your emotions becoming toxic so toxic emotion is another of the dirty dozen you may when the emotions are good things when emotions are operating in these, they are balanced. They are fantastic. They're incredible. But when emotions are operating in these, they are carnal. You've heard of carnal Christians? Over-emotional, over-sensitive, going crazy. When these things operate, there's electrical chemical chaos here. So when these things are activated, the emotions that were good are perverted. So you're over-sensitive or over-emotional or over this or over that. Because everything that, that is operating from this thing, when you activate it, is going, to, is going to be in a negative direction. So that will be a toxic emotion. You get toxic seeds. If someone, as I mentioned earlier on, speaks something over your life, maybe told you that you're no good or you can't do this or you can't do that they, and you receive that and you meditate on that for long enough and after 21 days it's become a reality in your head when people speak things over your life those become toxic seeds that people sow what seeds have people sown in your life what seeds are you sowing in other people's lives are you speaking about someone 
behind their back and saying, oh, they're useless, they always do this. You, you, do you know that those words that you speak are alive and living can be measured? Those toxic words, which is another category, are toxic seeds in your own ear, which is another, toxic seeds is a category, is one of the dirty dozen, toxic words is another of the dirty dozen. Those words that you are speaking over yourself or over other people, even in the absence of them being able to hear, will impact them. The other day, someone came to ask me at a conference that told me a very sad story about an 18-year-old girl who has a really, really severe tumor, um, a very aggressive tumor, life-threatening that she had to have removed, and she was in recovery, and her friends had come to this conference, and um, they, they were just very concerned, and they wanted to know what to do for her, and they were they're praying, and they're supporting her, and I said, well, one of the things that you really need to be careful of doing is speaking death over her, and they said, but we're not. And I said, well, you've already done it just by telling me, because your faces are anxious and you're telling me she's so sick they say she's going to die and so they had given me a litany of negative things and I said you don't realize it but what you've just done is you've sown a toxic seed in your friend's life and even though she's a few uh, she's in she's she's was in another city at that this uh, they had come to flown to where I was to hear the conference she is still being affected by your words because you connected with her we are all connected to each other so when you speak those words even in the absence they're alive and they're living and they're real and those are seeds and those are thoughts that you have in your head. So when you go back and you see her, not only have those words crossed the miles, because according to quantum physics, there is space and time dimension is something we can't even understand. So those words, because you love her and you're connected to her, are going to go in her head. And she's going to have toxic things building in her head and toxic seeds, and she's too weak to be able to fight those. You have to be helping her fight. She can barely recover. And then when you're with her, you've got this in your head, and this is fear. So what is she going to read in your head when you walk into her bedroom? And you see, her hospital room. She's going to sense your fear because you cannot hide your attitude. No thought is harmless. What I'm trying to say to you is toxic words, the words that you speak about people. That's why God says don't gossip. Don't talk behind people's back. Watch your words. You'll be judged for every idle word. Those, are, those toxic words, which is a category, form toxic seeds in your life and other people's lives. The words that you speak are real. They are alive. You hear them. They feed back in your own ears. And they grow things in your head. They feed into other people's ears and grow things in their head. Even if there are miles separating you. These are issues that we need to be aware of. Emotions, toxic, so I've said toxic thoughts, toxic emotions, toxic words, toxic seeds. We can have toxic love. We can have toxic love where we are, where people don't, are operating. Love is the most powerful force in the world. Love is, is, is incredible, but the distortion of love is fear. The opposite spiritual force is fear. So when we talk about toxic love, for example, a father who abuses a daughter or a mother who hits her child or someone, a husband who beats up his wife or a wife who's cheating on her husband, this is where love has gone toxic, where what was meant for good has become toxic. You may be a victim of that. You may may be doing that. That is toxic. That is the, one of these things that is going to produce death in you and impact on the other people around you and go through to the next four generations. The iniquity of the fathers will reach through to the third and the fourth generation. So the decisions that you make will reach through. There is scientific proof that what the decisions you make today will go through into the future. Toxic touch. Maybe you were raped or abused or hit or something like that. So you've had, this, you've had this toxic touch in your life where touch is very important. We have sense receptors in our skin. We respond to hugs and touches we designed for physical contact. It makes us feel good. It releases endorphins. It balances chemicals. It increases happiness and peace. But if it's toxic, 
It causes problems. The opposite will happen. So, and the other side of toxic touch is cutaneous deprivation, which means you don't get enough touch. So these babies that are put in orphanages and aren't loved and hugged, they get sick. There was a study done with rhesus monkeys where they took these monkeys and they took them away from the mothers as they were born and they would put them in cages and they fed them with little bottles and they had no actual touch or hugging. Within a few days, these monkeys were so sick. They were so ill that they had very high levels of what we call CRF in their spine, which is a chemical that should only flow in small quantities. But when you are anxious and stressed and, and dying and sick, it flows in, and fearful, it flows in very high quantities. People that have been murdered or people that have had died violent deaths or, some, or suicide, we find high levels of CRF in their spinal fluid. These little monkeys had very high levels of, of CRF. One of them, a couple of them, I think, even died, and they got really ill. They took those monkeys and they put them, after a period of time, with mommy monkeys that loved them and hugged them and fed them and touched them and gave them from, I mean, they went from toxic lack of touch, cutaneous deprivation, and toxic love to healthy love and healthy touch. And those baby monkeys healed and got better, and the CRF fluid dropped, and the illnesses started going. You see, we designed for all these healthy things. You, you met toxic seeds, and here's another study around toxic seeds. They got husbands and wives, um, they got some couples in to do a research experiment, and what they did was they made little blisters on their hands. It didn't hurt them. They just created these little blisters on their hands. Now, the minute you have any kind of wound, your immune system starts sending out stem cells that will go, convert into cells that will go and heal that area of damage. So what happened was that they told these couples to um, discuss an issue that was a bit of a, um, a hot topic in their marriage. And uh, the, the ones, they didn't specify how. They just said, and the, t the couples that, that joined the study, they didn't specify what kind of couple. They just, it was just an open ex a research experiment to just test the difference between couples and um, the, rea the, the whole point of relational issues on healing. Well, the couples that managed the hot topic well, that did it in love, and man, you know, maybe they got a little worked up, but they, they handled it well, were different. Some of them did that. Some of them were very aggressive. Some fought. And there were various levels of aggression. But after three weeks, it takes about 21 days for this healing, healing thing to set in. They brought the couples back, and then they looked at the healing of the blisters. Now, the couples that had, done, that had managed the situation well they, their healing was fantastic. It was pretty much done. But the couples that were aggressive and negative and harsh, toxic words, maybe toxic touch, some toxic love, some toxic thoughts, all those kind of, of the dirty dozen, they were, their, their healing it was 40% less than the others. So the healing ability had dropped by 40% through those arguments. When you are in relational issues, when you are in toxic love, toxic touch, toxic touch, toxic seeds, toxic emotions, you impact your immune system. Your natural ability of your body to heal itself starts being impacted. Drops by 40% according to the research. And more, that was just mild. They said that's mild. They said what happens if it's the real thing? What happens to, to couples that are, when people that are going into surgery and there's huge arguments in the home before they go in? You know, that kind of stuff. What happens to, like, that tumor, that girl with the tumor? You know, if you, what about if there's toxicity or people are arguing around? We've got to watch what we're doing. We've got to be careful. There's toxic dreams. God speaks to us through dreams and visions. Your dreams are basically your thoughts sorting themselves out at nighttime. So at nighttime when you're sleeping, your thoughts are sorting themselves out, preparing for the next day. 
your, your 20% of your brain is filled with these nerve cells, these things, okay? In between those, you have 80% of what we call glial cells. I mentioned them this morning, G-L-I-A-L, glial cells. Now, these glial cells act like a cellular network where they let, let all these different thoughts networks talk to each other. So therefore, if you have a toxic thought, it's not harmless. Not only is it going to impact other cells in your brain and other thoughts in your brain, it's going to impact your body and other people. It reflects outward. Okay, so now these glial cells are also doing housekeeping as well as the sorting out of your thinking. At nighttime, when you're asleep, your brain function changes slightly. So during the day, you have various chemicals flowing that help you focus and concentrate and help and spark when you have, as you're choosing and building that memory, and you have a a lot of activity in the front part of your brain, the frontal lobe. Your non-conscious mind operates at 400 billion actions per second, and your conscious mind operates at 2,000 bits of information per second. So at nighttime when you're sleeping, the conscious part kind of shuts down, and things go into reverse. So certain chemicals that were active during the day are not active at night, and vice versa. You then have a flow going from what we call your brain stem at the back of your neck up into, your, into the front of your brain, through your brain, flows through your brain, and then back down to the middle of your brain. You have this kind of flow from the back, but your front is actually asleep. Okay, so here we go. This is your brain stem over here, and it flows up, and it flows over, and then back again. But this part at the front here is not awake at night. Okay, your non-conscious mind is always active, but your conscious mind, which is dominated by activity through your brain, but mainly frontal lobe activity, is not awake at night, so it reverses. So as you are sorting out your thinking, you get this wave of electromagnetic activity generated by the glial cells across all your trees, and it, it mainly goes towards those, because those need, to, those need to get out your head. So God has designed your brain to go into protect mode to try and eliminate badly built or toxic memories. In the process, because of everything being so intertwined, if you look up on the screen and you look at how intertwined the networks are, I mean, your brain is the size of your two fists. You have 100 billion neurons. You have trillions of memories. You know, the connectivity and the sophisticatedness of your brain is, is unbelievable. So as, as activity is flowing over this, it's also going to flow over some of those, and, some of, and things get activated. And because the emotions are inside your thoughts, they bubble over, and you get these, these emotional, confused, mixed-up dreams because you've got the sweeping action. So a bit of this is mixed with a bit of that is mixed with a bit of this, and you have this whole mixture of stuff. And whatever's the most toxic or the most dominant is going to be very prominent in your dreams. It may also be a healthy thing that you have. It may also be a really healthy dream that you have that is very something you're trying to sort out, something that you have gone to sleep thinking, I need to, Lord, give me an answer to that. So that becomes something prominent, and that will also very often will go into your dreams. And very often when you wake up in the morning, you'll have a solution. So if, you, if you've really got something that you're trying to work through and you haven't resolved it all, if it is a toxic issue, try and get as detox as possible when you go to sleep because otherwise it's going to start wiping. That, this is going to affect your sleep. And we, know, we now know sleep is incredibly important for your ability of your brain to function properly. All your protein building processes are affected if you don't sleep properly. When you're sleeping, huge amounts of balancing and healing and cleaning up is happening. So that They've even linked lack of sleep and constantly waking up during sleep to the formation of fibrillary tangles and plaques, which is a sign of the dementias. So, you know, if you don't sort out your thought life, it impacts your sleep, which also impacts your health. 
You, your dreams, your dreams are. God speaks to us through dreams and visions as well. So in, another example of dreams is that uh, to explain how they work backwards. You've got the concepts in here of chairs. Now during the day, a chair is well, and at night, while we conscious, a chair is something that you sit on which is logical, but at night time, it may be that the chair is floating around. So things change, change their perspective. So you don't, it's not, it becomes more abstract, and that can be confusing. Now, no one can interpret your dreams. You are the only one with God who can interpret your dreams. There's no formula. There's no magic formula or anything. All I can tell you is that whatever's in your head, which is unique to you, is being sorted out and will manifest. So when you have dreams, I've got this in my books as well, I recommend you write your dreams down and work through them prayerfully. And you may never understand them, but God may give you some kind of revelation. I had a dream the one time, and periodically over the years, I get these dreams that, that actually help me, that have saved our lives. And this particular dream, when we lived back in South Africa, South Africa is a pretty dangerous place. And we had grew, we, years ago when our babies were small, we bought a holiday house by the sea in a resort, which was supposed to be safe. And every year we went there, and every year we went down to the beach. And this particular year, we had walked a little further down the beach to a more secluded area. And while we, the kids were playing, and Mac and I were reading, and, and Mac happened to be reading Psalm 91, which is quite interesting. And I happened to be reading a book by Cindy Jacobs. I don't know if you know Cindy Jacobs. Um, and anyway, suddenly these two knife-wielding assassins that were totally high on something came running down with these knives like this and started stabbing at Mac and I. And we managed to jump up. Well, we got lifted by angels because I don't know how we got up. Fortunately, the kids were kind of over there where, they, those, where the yawning people are sitting. I'm just joking. Okay, you started that, not me. You started that, not me. Okay, and we were sitting more or less over here. We jumped up. The sea was more or less over there. And Mac moved back to the sea. These guys ran over to him, left me alone, started stabbing and stabbing and stabbing, and he's standing. They didn't touch him. They could not get a grip. They were doing this. They could not touch him. He was surrounded by angels. And we got away. They stopped. Suddenly, they stopped like this. They looked around. I think God made us invisible because they stopped. They turned around. They picked up our Bible bag because we had our Bibles in bags. They always thought there was, and they ran off. And with my son's cookies, he was very upset about that. Anyway, they disappeared, and those guys had murdered someone just a few days before. And in South Africa, they don't just murder. They rape, they torture, they do bad things. And that's what would have happened to us. And in my dream, God had showed me this exact scene. And he had said, you can die, you're going to go to heaven, it'll be painful, it'll be quick, but you'll come home. Or you can have a testimony. You can plead the blood of Jesus. And boy, I was so scared. But I had an instant second, and I remembered that dream. It came back, and I chose, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. By the blood of Jesus, Mac was praying in tongues. It was all very quick, over in three minutes. As I said that, that's when they stopped. As I said, I plead the blood of Jesus. I command you to stop in Jesus' name. They stopped. We disappeared. They ran off. That dream warned me. It gave me the courage. It gave Mac the courage. I hadn't told him about that dream. He was just praying anyway, so he was braver than me. I needed the dream to give me the courage. My kids, we all... We survived. We're here to tell the story. That dream, I'm telling you, gave me the courage to believe and stand on the word of God. I saw him in action that day. We felt the glory cloud drop. And I can tell you now, when you reach out in faith to God, he does that for us. He changes. 21 days, you change your brain. You have to build in those, you have to build that stuff in your head. If I hadn't built that stuff in my head and used the dream, then there, the toxic dream became a healthy dream. So I haven't gone through all the dirty dozen. Some of the others are toxic schedules and whatever, they're in my book. 
books, but the point is that you have trees in your brain, and the roots of your trees could be toxic, producing uh, stress, producing toxicity, or they could be life and health. So it could be not toxic love, but healthy love, not toxic thoughts, but healthy thoughts, etc., etc. Watered in love, growing the tree of love, and that's your design. Ladies and gentlemen, do not accept the lie from the enemy that that is your design. Your design is that. That is your design. Very quickly, I've got three minutes, two minutes. Is that okay? Are you all okay if I take a few minutes? Okay. I want to quickly remind you of a story. What I'm going to do now is just a bit of ministry. It's going to take me five minutes. Yes. Oh, goodness. I've got to show you the popping urines. I told you about the popping urines and didn't show you. I'm going to link the popping urines to the story of Jeremiah. Joshua. Sorry, not Jeremiah. Joshua. Okay. Now, what you're going to see inside the brain now, we're going to see the popping neurons coming up sometime soon. And this is actual activity inside the brain. There we go. Okay. Can you see them moving? Now, watch this part over here. It's going to pop. See that? Okay, we can play it again. I want you to watch down there as I'm talking. This is actual activity. This is thinking in action. You are watching thinking. Only a few nerve cells are highlighted or you would not see what was going on. That's the electromagnetic effect that's causing that movement. And the decision to eliminate is firing from this stuff onto that stuff, causing branches to pop. That's what you do when you make the decision to choose life. And if you do that over 21 days, you pop, you pop, you pop, you melt down, you get rid of those branches. Joshua was told to conquer Canaan, chapter 6 in Joshua. And, hmm? Jericho. Did I say Canaan? Joshua was, <laughs> Joshua was told to conquer Jericho. Jericho was an infallible city. Jericho, no one got in, no one got out. And, jo and God said to Joshua, conquer Canaan. And he told him how to do it. Conquer Joshua, you know what I mean, in Canaan. Okay, that city with the big thick walls and no one got in and no one got out. Okay, the other day I said, Jerry, I don't know what I said, but anyway, I know what I'm saying. It's coming out wrong because I'm too excited. Okay, so here, Joshua, watch how this ties in with brain science and keep the popping neurons up while I'm telling the story. Because as the, the, what did God tell him to do? God told him to, for the seven to, to take seven priests had to lead. First, it was the fighting men. Then it was seven priests blowing seven. Shofars, what did I say the other day? Ephods. I said they were blowing ephods. You can't blow an ephod, you can blow a shofar. Seven, seven priests blowing seven shofars, walking in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, so for seven days they had to march, and on the seventh day, seven times. Seven, does it sound familiar? Seven, 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 21. On the seventh day, three times seven, the, the walls crumbled and they wiped out sin. Do you remember that? That is what's literally happening. When you apply this principle of seven, you are speaking to that Jericho. And you are conquering Jericho. And the devil will tell you, nothing can go in and nothing can go out. The devil will tell you, guilt, condemnation, sin, you've lost, you're dead, give up. And you're going to say, no, I am going into battle with God. I'm going to apply the word of God. I'm going to take the word of God. I'm going to apply science that God created. And I'm going to pop those things out. I'm going to melt those walls down. I'm going to crumble those walls down. I developed a five-step technique. It's a scientific technique that applies these principles that helps you. do what The five-step technique is what you do every day for seven minutes a day, for 21 days, to wipe out these things. And it's a lifetime process, a lifetime 
lifetime ongoing process to wipe these things out. You don't renew your mind once, you're constantly in a renewing of the mind state. Mac and I are always in a 21-day detox for something. And my challenge to you is go into 21-day detox. You should be always be working on one or two or three, sometimes three things at once that you are working on. You need seven minutes a day for 21 days per thing that you are working on and you will conquer your Jerichos. You will speak to those mountains and they will be cast into the sea. You will be renewing your mind. You are able, you are brilliant, you are incredible. Now to end off, I'm going to play a song for you and I'm going to ask you just to sit here and this song, if I could sing for you, I would sing but you don't want me to sing because I don't sing like Celine Dion but I will when I'm in heaven. So make sure you come listen to me. Okay. So now Celine Dion is going to sing for you and she's going to sing a song called My Love. And this song is so beautiful. I use this. I do quite a lot of prison ministry, and we play this song. This is where I first played this song, and it had such an effect. I play it wherever I can now. It's a song between. This is what you're going to see. What you're going to. How you're going to imagine this? And Genesis 11:6 says that whatever you imagine will not be impossible for you. Okay. So whatever you imagine becomes a reality in your mind. And I want you to listen to the song, closing your eyes, and just hear this as a love love song between you and Jesus, who loves you, who died for you, who rose on the cross for you who is everything who is God okay and it's a song saying it's literally all these things in life it's literally I'll give you a quick summary and then you listen to the words and it's incredibly powerful at one point I'm going to get you to stand up and just raise your hands and just worship God through the song because it's all about how we have these rise and we fall and we keep making mistakes and and God's seen you God has seen it all and you keep trying and, and you keep trying to get rid of these things and you know it just feels sometimes like you just can't do it and you can't smile anymore but you're going to stand tall despite all these things you're going to stand tall you're going to stand on the word of God and you're going to pop those neurons because she doesn't say that she sings other words but that's kind of what it means okay so we're going to end off now by playing that song so i'm going to actually i'm going to ask you to stand if you're going to all stand and we're going to play that song nice and loud and the chorus line is very simple so if you feel at some point you can sing along just raise your hands and sing along or just raise your hands but just let the word of god minister to you through this song We have seen it all The endless confession The rise and fall As fragile as a child But lately I'm sorry I can't hold a smile But I stand tall to get by No matter how I try to hide I did you know i take the time for you Did you know that I could see you through? Did you know that I would play the part? Must have made it clear right from the start. My love, can you give me strength? 
closed just listen to what I'm going to say now I want you just to play Matt could you please play that again in the background very quietly the same song just quietly again in the background some of you here don't know Jesus and I know maybe you've heard that it's not an intellectual decision but it is it's this decision of your spirit your soul and your body God has given you a mind to hear the words of the song, to hear the message tonight, to hear the gospel, to hear about this man called Jesus that died on the cross to save you. And with your mind, you receive that. And with your mind, you think and you process. And you make an intellectual decision. But then your heart comes in. And in your heart, there is the ability to choose the correct thing, the correct way. Your heart tells you, this is right. Jesus is the answer. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And reaches out to you and calls you. And you start stepping into the dimension of the spirit. So through your mind and using your body, you access the spirit. 
and you access Jesus Christ and He comes in your life, you reconnect to God and the Holy Spirit comes in your spirit and your spirit is renewed and you are reconnected to God. And then the Holy Spirit will help you to renew your mind. And this is freedom. This is, this is life. This is the only thing that really matters. Because once you have Jesus in your heart, sure, life happens and life's tough and the events and circumstances of life happen. But God's equipped you with a brain and a body to be able to deal with this. But more importantly, He's given you Himself. I'm asking you tonight that those of you that don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to stand tall and to reach up to Christ and to reach out to Him and to say, Lord, the words of that song touched my heart. You can just say this in your mind after me. The words of the song just touched my heart. The message tonight did something in my mind. Lord Jesus, as I receive this message with my mind, help me to reach out to you and to stand tall and to recognize that the most important decision I could ever make in my entire life is to receive you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior to implant you into my soul, which will save me, and to grow my spirit and renew my spirit and reconnect it to God and heal my body. Lord Jesus, I need you. Come into my heart now. Just tell him to come into your heart now. Through your soul, get him in your spirit. Get him inside you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.